Support for Financial Grown-Up with Bobby Rebel and the following message come from TransferWise, the cheaper way to send money internationally. TransferWise takes a machete to the hefty fees that come with sending money abroad. Test it out for free at TransferWise.com slash podcast or download the app. I've seen so many athletes. It's going to be the hardest thing you do in your life just to try to get to the Olympics. The last thing you need is to see, you know, yourself going into the red, accumulating debt. The psychology is already hard enough. You don't need something else like that distracting you. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. Very excited about today's guest. We have our first Olympian on Financial Grown-Up, our first athlete overall, in fact, Jeremiah Brown. He won a silver medal as part of the Canadian rowing team at the London Olympics, and wrote a book about it called The Four-Year Olympian. But if you met him earlier in his life, you most likely would never have predicted that kind of achievement. At 17, he came very close, in fact, to going to prison. He was a father at 19, and there's a lot more to the story. I will let him take it from here. Here is Jeremiah Brown. Jeremiah Brown, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bobby. And I'm so excited because, Jeremiah, you are the first athlete that we have had, and you are also a silver medal winner in the Olympics. So congratulations on that. Thank you. And honored to bring maybe a different perspective. (laughs) Yes. Well, you're also out with an amazing book, The Four-Year Olympian, which is talking about how you got there in just four years. And it's a story of perseverance and grit and determination, but also financial planning which is part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Tell us your money story and how that helped you become an Olympic silver medalist. Yeah, let me set the scene for you. I was 23 years old. I was in my first job at a bank as an analyst. I had this dream to go to the Olympics, and I had this problem of how I was going to fund that dream. I also had a a young son at the time. I I started early in life, and I was thinking, how am I going to pay for his daycare, which was $800 a month, you know, my housing costs, which at the time I was renting a, a nice house at this lake in Victoria and British Columbia, Canada. And that was costing me, I think, $1,500 a month. And so I had this cost of living that I needed to ratchet down if I was going to be able to figure out how to fund my Olympic dream. So what did I end up doing? Well, I saved every penny of my disposable income for a full year for my job. I moved from that expensive rental into a really small condo. 500 square feet. So it was pretty tight for... With your son? Yeah, with my son and his mom. There were three of us. Wow. <laughs> and we were in this shoebox condo. But eventually I got my... Like my housing cost was down to about $600 a month. And then I was able to make it work uh, just to train that first full year with the national team before I was able to get the federal funding that really only bumped me up to $18,000 a year, but it was able to cover my basic costs. So Canada has some funding for athletes. Just tell us briefly, explain that. Yeah, so Canada, if once you get to the senior national team level and you're competing internationally in your sport, if it's an Olympic sport, the federal government will give you, it's called carding, it's a monthly stipend. 
And when I was competing, it was $1,500 a month was the most you could get. And it's very similar to the U.S. Uh, they have different amounts down there, but it's a similar kind of system. So you had four years, which goes to your book, four years to get to the Olympics. How much would you say you invested in preparing for the Olympics? What does it cost to get to the Olympics, starting from basically from scratch? It depends on, on how you do it. So for me, I knew I was going to need about $12,000 of my own money to cover the shortfall in the first year. So when I first started, I was going to get a little bit of funding from the government. I knew that it was, it was called the development funding. And then in, the whole plan hinged on me performing better and better over time and getting up to that higher level of funding. So I was able to come through this with without any debt and with expenses of each of those years of about, I'd say, between twenty five and thirty thousand dollars of core living expenses. And then the team covered, you know, the travel and uh, they provided some of the training and, and some of those other expenses were already covered. So uh, I was just I just lived lean. And luckily, as an athlete, you're, you're training so much that you're not spending a lot of money either. Right. And it's also psychological. It's important psychologically that you not be stressed out about money. It's huge. I've seen so many athletes who it's going to be the hardest thing you do in your life anyways, just to try to get to the Olympics. And the last thing you need is to see, you know, yourself going into the red, accumulating debt. The psychology is already hard enough. You don't need something else like that distracting you. So tell us more about the lesson here for people, for our listeners who have goals that they want to reach, especially when there's a very finite timeline. I mean, it was four years. That was it. There was a definite yeah. structure to this. It wasn't like you just wanted to go on forever. You wanted to reach this goal. Well, and I'm like you, Bobby, and probably a lot of your listeners in that I'm, I think of myself as trying to be financially responsible. And I was thinking of my long-term plan and what was my retirement horizon and how much did I need to invest and all that. But I think sometimes we get in this rut of totally deferring everything and becoming a slave to this sense of financial responsibility. And I think, um, you know, my, I guess my lesson for the listeners is that you can do these, you can chase these personal dreams without it totally, um, you know, destroying your financial plan. I'm back on track to where I was sort of pre-games and I think if you have a well-planned strategy and you're willing to invest in yourself at any stage of life, you just, it's something you're not going to regret. What was the reaction when you kind of left your job and, and said, this is what I'm going to do? Well, it's funny when you try to do this, like if, when you chase incredible goals, in fact, people around you will rally around you. And the bank actually supported me. They said, okay, um, you can take a leave of absence. I ended up taking, I think it was a record for this bank. It was TD Bank, one of the biggest banks in Canada. And uh, I think I ended up being on a leave of absence for 18 months. And the policy was up to six months. So they were, they were really uh, behind me. And, and they actually supported what I wanted to do. First of all, congratulations so much. It's so exciting. And I love the fact that you actually came back with a medal because sometimes people invest so much. And unfortunately, they don't turn out as well as your dreams did. So I just want to make sure to really congratulate you. It, it's just amazing. And congratulations on your book. We're going to talk more about that in one sec. I want to get your money tip, though, because you talked about your young son. Your son is now 12 years old. Yeah. Tell us your money tip because it has to do with when you're out with your son. All right. So my son and I, you know, we travel quite a bit for his sports. And when we're on the road. What, is he a rower also? Well, not yet, <laughs> but he's, he's, he's playing basketball. He's on the city basketball team for his age group. And so we're going to, we're going to tournaments a lot. We're traveling for his sports. And yeah, we need to stop and we need to eat while we're on the road. 
And one of the ways I try to teach them and save money is to just ask for a cup of water at the restaurant, whether it's a fast food place or anywhere to say, can I just have a glass of tap water? Maybe it's a little embarrassing for him, but it's just trying to teach him that, you know, you can save incrementally here and there. And that's a good place to do it. Don't buy the four or $5 fountain pop. Just get a cup of water. It's free and enjoy your meal and healthier and better for the environment. That's a really good point. I'm glad you said that because all of those plastic bottles are very bad for our environment. And sometimes they can even give it to you in a glass, not a disposable cup, which is even better. So it's important to save money and save the environment. Tell me more now about The Four-Year Olympian, your new book. Okay, so this book, it's The Four-Year Olympian. It took me five years to write the book about the story. So, <laughs> so wait, 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 it took you longer to write the book about your four-year journey to the Olympics than it did to get to the Olympics. It did. It was, a, it was the second hardest thing I've done in my life. And it's just difficult in a different way. It's sort of an intellectual kind of masochism as opposed to just a, <laughs> a brutal physical and mental effort. So it's essentially a memoir from when I became a young father at the age of 19. And I was faced with this. To me, it felt like a predictable path in life. And I, I still felt like I had potential as an athlete. I went and chased this dream. And, it, and really, the book is a an exposition on overcoming self-doubt and what happens when you enslave yourself to a goal like I did. Well, Heather, you allude to struggles. I know you were a young father. It sounds like it was unexpected. What other struggles did you have earlier in life? Well, I got into a little bit of trouble when I was 17. I guess I technically was a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> I, I took a prank too far in high school and I was actually facing some prison time. Um, I had to go through this court process. What I did was actually... I stole some pitas from a pita pit delivery person with a friend, and we thought it was just going to be something we could laugh off. But I ended up going through this whole process of facing actual prison time, and it was a really pivotal time in my life where I thought, geez, I, you know, I'm a good kid. I, I just screwed up, but this is not who I am. And so I came out of that with a bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I wanted to prove to myself and to others, you know, as a young man back then, I just wanted to show that uh, I had way more potential than sort of the reputation that I gained after that slip up. Well, you have certainly proven yourself, Jeremiah. We are so happy for you and so excited to read more about your journey in your book, The Four-Year Olympian. Where else can people follow you and learn more about you and all of your current successes and your future successes? Because we're so excited to see what you do next. The best place people can find me is going to the book website, thefouryearolympian.com. That's with the numeral four. And you can find me there. Wonderful. And on social media? I'm on Twitter at Jeremiah F. Brown, and I'm on Instagram. Just started. I'm not, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Baby that, steps. It's okay. That's Brown JF24. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being part of Financial Grown Up. We really loved having you. Thank you, Bobby. Jeremiah was able to focus on his training because he had a financial plan in place, and he is right. For athletes or anyone working intensely towards a goal, financial stress is one distraction you don't want to be fighting up against. Financial grown-up tip number one, don't be so quick to quit your job to live your dream if you can avoid it. Jeremiah took a leave of absence, and because he had been a strong employee and was valued by his company, because he got them on board and they were with the program, he was able to take a much longer leave of absence than was in their official corporate policy. He knew he had something to go back to when he needed it, if he wanted. Don't assume your employer will stick to the exact policy and won't give you more if you ask. Ask. The worst they could say is no. 
but having their support and having the financial security of knowing you have a job to go back to if you want to try something like going for the Olympics is going to be priceless. Financial grown-up tip number two, don't keep your money-saving tips to yourself, including your kids. Jeremiah's tip about asking for a cup of tap water instead of buying soda or bottled water was spot on, but even better was the fact that he was teaching his 12-year-old son painless ways to save money. Great episode from Jeremiah. Don't forget to pick up his book, The Four-Year Olympian. It is brutally honest and will really take you into what it takes to reach the podium at the Olympics or achieve any big dream that maybe seems impossible at the time. Hit the subscribe button if you have not already and be in touch on Twitter at Bobby Rebel, on Instagram at Bobby Rebel one and on Facebook, my author page is Bobby Rebel. And if you want to be a guest on the show, a reminder, we are going to start having listener episodes once a month. Send us your money story and your money tip that you would share to info at financialgrownup.com to be considered. I hope you all enjoyed Olympic silver medalist Jeremiah Brown's story and that we all got one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.